0: So this morning I'm going to bring to you my Easter message. Are you all ready? You may be seated. And so the question would be, what does Easter mean to you? For some it's dyed eggs, for some it's jelly beans, for some it's even parades. Others it's new clothes. You go to some churches and it becomes somewhat of an informal fashion show. But when I'm talking about Easter today, I'm talking about what it really means. I'm not really talking about the actual term Easter. The reality is that the church confiscated the season and uses it to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. So we're not talking about a term. We're talking about the historical reality that Jesus went to the cross. And on the third day, angels swooped down from the balconies of heaven and rolled away the stone. On that third day, there was a blinding flash of light. There was a great earthquake. Roman guards fell to the ground trembling. On that third day, out of that dark tomb, walked Jesus, the light of the world, the Lamb of God, the Lord of glory, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Pharisee of 10,000, the first and the last, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Heaven's hope and hell's dread walked out of the tomb. Death was defeated, hell was incarcerated, and the grave was empty. The best news the world ever heard came out of a cemetery were two words. He lives, he lives, he lives. And he lives in us today. And so when Jesus was raised from the dead, God released enough power to undo everything Satan had done in Adam. This power to loosen, to dissolve the works of the enemy. Hear what John says. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the power and the works of the devil. Power to break the curse of the law. Power to make us brand new creations. And power to raise us all up together and cause us to sit with him in heavenly places. Oh, that is the good news. And Paul prayed something that we would know, something extremely important. So I want to read to you Ephesians 1, verses 19 through 21, from the Amplified Version. It says, so that you can know and understand, I love this, what is the immeasurable, the unlimited, the surpassing greatness of His power, in and for us who believe, as demonstrated by the working of His mighty strength. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Read verse 21 with me. Ready, read. Go ahead. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred. Not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and in the world which are to come. Oh, that is awesome! You see, Paul could not find just word, one word, to to uh, signify or to illustrate this power. And so, I like how the Amplified says, "It's immeasurable. It's unlimited." Now, I'm going to a buffet today down in Oakland, and it's going to be an unlimited buffet. This pastor is going to pile it high and deep. Well, Jesus piled his resurrection power high and deep for you and me. This resurrection power is surpassing, it excels, it is superior, it goes beyond the limit, it goes beyond capacity. I just dropped by to tell you this morning that our God is a too-much God, even when it comes to power. Paul had such a revelation of the power of God. One encounter knocked the S out of his name and replaced it with a P. And so we understand that when we look at resurrection power today, we're talking about that this is activated when you and I really believe. And so what does the word Easter mean to us? I want to say to you this morning that Easter means freedom. You say, well, Pastor Mark, freedom for what I'm so glad you asked. So what I want to do this morning is I want to use every letter in the word Easter to make some very important points. First of all, the E stands for freedom from empty pursuits. You and I do not have to go through life any longer trying to figure out why we are here. You and I are here on assignment. We are here on divine assignment to fulfill His purpose in our life. Oh, glory to God. Understand this, that today you can give up on your empty pursuits. In the search for significance, many people are are pursuing possessions. How many of you know that possessions are a nice feature, but a very poor foundation? Jesus said this, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? How many have ever seen a U-Haul following a hearse before? <laughs> You'll never see that. Others are seeking power. They're climbing the ladder of success only to realize that the ladder is leaning against the wrong building. Some pursue pleasure as a way of life. Living is simply just about me, myself, and I. Seeking after pleasure also is something that is completely a waste of time for you and for I. Certainly God wants us to have pleasure, but he wants us to have pleasure as a result of placing him first place in our life. Other people are pursuing people. They're trying to keep up with the Thompsons. They're trying to keep up with the Joneses. They're trying to keep up with the Browns. And as a result, they end up hanging out with the wrong crowds. Listen to the prophet Jeremiah. He said, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. When I need, or when you need people to govern, to fuel, and to define your life, you are heading for a shipwreck waiting to happen. It is only doing the will of God. It is only doing the plan of God that will bring you pleasure. It is only doing the will of God that will bring you freedom. And so we are free from empty pursuits. Secondly, the A stands for freedom from the accusations of the enemy. How many of you know that the devil is a liar? He is the accuser of the brethren. And one thing that he is a master at, he is a master at reminding you of your past failures. He is a master at reminding you of things that are in the past and things that are under the blood of Jesus. And so what he does is he brings guilt... And he brings condemnation, and he wants to accuse you with it day and night. I'm here to tell you that guilt and condemnation are in the past when you come to the resurrected Savior. You are not partially forgiven. You are totally forgiven. And I hear it in Second Corinthians 5:17, where it says, If any man be in Christ... How many folks do we have here that are in Christ? If any man be in Christ, what is he? He's a new creature. He's a new creation. One translation says that he is a new species that never existed before. I'm not looking at someone when I look at Raul after the eyes of the flesh I'm looking at Raul as a new person in Christ Jesus Amen. God does not see you through eyes of the flesh he sees you through eyes of love Amen. Thank you, Lord. say it with me love, love loves, loves, me. loves me declare this this morning I am totally forgiven, am totally forgiven. you know when some Christians have some difficulties in life and we will face difficulties will we not i mean the crisis of life and the tests of life come to all of us and so what the enemy tries to do is to bring and insert his lie into your mind saying well that's just god and he's just getting even with me does god really treat his children that way I found a scripture that you're well familiar with in Romans 8, 1, where it says, There is therefore now, not when you get to heaven, but there is therefore now, what? No condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ this morning? Are you condemned or are you justified? Have you been put down? or have you been lifted up up. the love of god the resurrected savior completely forgives you and not only that but i love this verse in isaiah 43 25 he says i even i am he that blots out your transgressions from you and then he goes on to say i will not even remember your sins anymore isn't that awesome as far as the east is from the west you cannot measure that distance as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed your transgressions away from you and so we come to this place this morning where we understand that guilt and condemnation are a thing of the past and you and i have been freed up from the accuser of the brethren and so the s this morning stands for freedom from the slavery of sin freedom from the slavery of sin and i want you to be a doer of the word of god with me today and i want you to read some verses let's begin at romans chapter six and let's look at verse four romans the sixth chapter and the fourth verse ready read go ahead read it strong Let's continue to read verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Verse 8. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Verse 9. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death has no more dominion over him. Verse 10. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he lives unto God. Verse 11. Likewise. Now say this with me. I am dead dead unto sin. sin. Sin Sin no longer has dominion over me. Sin has been defeated defeated. by Jesus on Calvary. Verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Verse 13. Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now let's read this one real strong. For sin shall not have dominion over me. For I am not under the law. But I am under grace. The power of sin has been broken. And we've been building up to this resurrection celebration By talking to you about faith in his power. And so I want to submit to you this day that you must have faith in his power to keep you from falling. Have faith in his power to keep you out of the arena of addiction. Have faith in his power to keep you out of the arena of any kind of sin that would cause you to fall short of God's plan and God's glory in your life. And I hear Jude brightly today saying this. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You know, if you will just give him some faith, if you will have faith in his resurrection power, and if you will pray, the rea- uh, pray for a revelation of this resurrection power, it'll knock sin right out of your life. <laughs> Sin's already been defeated, but you and I must enforce it with faith-filled words and faith-filled actions. Yeah, oh, death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now raise both hands and declare this with me. I am living a life of victory over sin. And so the T then... In the word Easter, to me, stands for freedom from terror and from the tyranny of bondage. You know, in light of the times that we're living, it's so important for you and I to live above the fear of terror. In Philippians chapter 1, in verse 28, it says this. That we are not to be terrified in any way by our adversaries. Now we know that we have an enemy. We know that we have an adversary who walks about seeking whom he may devour. Our attitude toward that rascal and that rat and that defeated foe should be and must be, you may not devour me. Because... He roams about as a roaring lion, but the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward them. So if you will stay loyal and keep your heart right in these last days, I believe that the goodness of God and the mercy of God will keep you not only from falling, but it will keep you from terrorism. It'll keep you from the fears that the enemy is sowing into the lives of millions in this day and in this hour. Nothing terrified by the enemy, which to them is an evident token of perdition. What that simply means is this. When you go about your life fear-free because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, it is a sign to your enemy that you flat just aren't afraid of him. Amen. That you've got the mighty shield of faith up, and you know that no weapon formed against you is gonna prosper. You know that no evil is gonna befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Why? Because you know that God has given his angels charge over you and they keep you in all of your ways. Say it with me, they keep me in all of my ways and so no fear of terror means freedom from bondages of any type freedom from the tyranny of bondage look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 15 notice this verse with me Romans the 8th chapter and the 15th verse it says here for you have not received The spirit of bondage again to fear. Did you notice that, what it says there? You didn't receive it. Therefore, you don't have to yield to it. Now, that doesn't mean that fear is not going to come. You just don't receive it. You just don't yield to it. Amen? One way not to yield to fear is to talk to fear. Instead of talking about your fears, talk to your fears. And one thing that you can say to fear is this. God didn't give me. God didn't give me the spirit of fear, but he gave me a spirit of power, amen, and of love, and of a sound mind. Therefore, I refuse to fear. Now, another scripture that will arm yourself to overcome the fears that come to your life, I love this. It says in Psalms, it says, I will not fear. I will not fear because the Lord's on my side. I'm not afraid. What can man do unto me? See, what the psalmist is saying is what Paul had a revelation of, and that was this. If God be for me, who can be against me? Amen? Though the enemy may come against you one way, he's got to flee before you seven ways. Why? Because you have sent a message to hell itself. By living a fear-free life. And not only does it keep them at bay in your life, but it also reminds them that there's coming a day of their destruction and their doom is very soon. Mm -mm -mm. How many of you know we're not always going to be doing what we're doing this morning here? We're not always going to be here on planet Earth. Soon and very soon, we're going to be with the King of kings and Lord of lords. Soon and very soon, you and I are going to be out of here. Hallelujah. Either by grave or by rapture. Oh, man. And the devil is extremely nervous about that. Why is that? Because he knows that his lease on this earth is running out. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is why he comes down with great fear... And great tribulation and great trouble to do what? To even deceive the saints of the Most High. To get them literally shaken in their boots. I tell you, if anyone should be shaken in their boots, it's the devil. Yeah. Amen? Amen? And so, freedom from the bondages of fear. Romans 8, 4, 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but here's what you have received. You've received the spirit of adoption, yes, whereby we are crying, Daddy, Daddy. Amen. Come on, lift up your hands and say, Good Father, Good Father, Good Father, Good Father. You, love me. you love me. And as a result of your love, of your I, declare love I declare this morning that I am more than a conqueror, than a conqueror. Than a conqueror. Through, you through you who has loved me. Now, the, and the next letter is the letter uh, E, and that stands for freedom from eternal separation from God. That's what Easter means. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, you and I never, ever have to be separated from him. Oh, man, I don't know whether you get that or not, but that's shouting ground right there. That's good news ground right there. We never ever have to be separated from our good, good father. Now we do know that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is eternal separation from God. But Jesus Christ came to secure your freedom from the fate of eternal separation from God. Now you've heard this statement before and I've heard it many times before. Many people will say this, I just don't believe that a loving God would send people to hell. And I want to say this morning, I don't believe that either. I don't believe that either. Somebody says, well, I'm confused. Would you please explain that? I'd be glad to. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Let me illustrate it to you by a teacher that I heard from the East Coast about. She was about six foot tall and over 200 pounds and nobody wanted to be in this teacher's class they were extremely afraid of her story was told about her that a couple of gang members came in and trying to disrupt her class and she decked them both (laughs) and uh, if, if people acted up in her class she'd call their mama and Mama would come and grab them out of the class, and you could hear them being spanked in the hallway by your Mama. <laughs> and that was in the 60s. And uh, couldn't get away with it now. <laughs> but she was, she was something else. And so on the first day of class, this young man went in there and She says, you've probably heard some pretty bad and nasty things about me. Um, The first thing that you've most likely heard is that I do not take any foolishness. She says, that is true. She said, if you start it, I'll finish it. She also said, you've also heard that I have flunked more people than you can name. And she said, that part is absolutely, positively not true. She said, if you flunk, you would have flunked yourself. Don't you blame me. Because I'm going on record today on this first day of class. And I'm telling you that I will do everything in my power to see to it that you get a passing grade. I will stay after class and tutor you. I will make myself available to you over the lunch hour. If you are not getting something, I will stay with you and I will stick with you until you do get it. So don't you think that i would flunked you. You have flunked yourself. Don't blame me. And God, through Jesus Christ, has done everything possible for you to be saved. God through Jesus Christ sent him on Calvary's cross. He shed his blood. He died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. Presented his blood into the holy of holies. He has made you the righteousness of God in Christ. He has made salvation available to you. That's right. Amen. Oh, come on somebody. Amen. So if we reject him, we can't blame him. For he... That cometh to Jesus Christ. He said, I will in no way cast him out. How many of you have experienced the love of Jesus in your heart? And he's taking you from a mighty long way. How many of you have come out of the pits and now sit with him in heavenly places? Perhaps you know people that have been deceived by the lie that God is nasty and He's someone that is looking to get them and looking to put them down, we need to convince the world with the good news of Jesus Christ that He is good, that He is loving, that He is gracious, and He is able to save to the uttermost. I said He's able to save. He's able to heal. He's able to lift to the very uttermost. And so we are free from eternal separation from God. And don't you let the devil lie to you and tell you just because you've sinned and missed it that God wants nothing to do with you. Contrary to that is the good, good father waiting for the prodigal son to come home. He had a ring to put on his finger. He had shoes to put. Oh, glory to God. He had shoes to put on his feet. He had a robe to place on his son. Perhaps this morning, if you've gotten away from the Lord, it'd be an awesome day for you to come back a 100% to him. Somebody shout amen. amen. And the last letter in Easter, and I'm almost done with my message, the R stands for freedom From reservations and anxiety about the future. Freedom from reservations and anxieties about the future. These are uncertain days. Whether the issue is the economy, the political scene, or the domestic scene, these are troubling times. And in fact, the world as we know it is falling apart. But you and I are not of this world. You and I are upheld in this world by the word of his power. And I'm reminded of something Jesus said in John 16, verse 33. He said, in the world, you are going to have some tests. You're going to have some trouble. Amen? Amen. Now, we don't want to turn this into a top that trouble testimony service, but we've all been through some things. Yeah. And so Jesus said, it is a fact in this world, you're going to experience trouble. But he didn't stop there. He said, but be of what? In other words, brighten up, put a smile on your face, be a good cheer. Why, Jesus? Because I have already overcome the world i have literally deprived the spirit of this world from hurting you so be not undaunted be not moved but stand on my covenant and i will see you through the most difficult midnight hour hallelujah oh the psalmist said it like this yes even though i'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death here's what i'm gonna do i refuse to yield to fear I will not fear. Why? Because I know the Lord is with me. How many of you have been through some things and you've sensed the comforter right there with you. And he took you through your midnight hour and he took you through to the other side. Amen. Now, there may be some of you right now that are in the valley of the shadow of death. And we are going to pray and we're going to exercise faith in his glorious power to lift you and to help you to get through what you're going through you may be going through what you're going through because god's got a place that he wants to get you to and that's what we need to realize is this is god has a place of breakthrough for all of his children So don't lose hope, don't lose heart, don't yield to fear, but rather cheer up and be a good cheer. Because whatever is born of God is going to overcome the world. Amen? Amen. And so He is a very present help to you in your day of trouble. You know, we know we may not know exactly what the future holds, but we certainly know who holds the future. And we know that if we'll trust Him and have faith in His power, that our future can be very bright. And I want to close over in John chapter 20. And I want us to look at verse 19, and I'll read it to you for the sake of time. This is after that Jesus was raised from the dead and it was evening. How many of you know the disciples were extremely afraid of the Jews? They were extremely afraid. You know, the, their master had left. Their master was gone. They didn't know what they were going to do. They were having anxiety and reservations about their future. In John 20:19, it says, The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Don't you love that word, peace? Yeah. Right in the midst of fear, right in the midst of anxiety, the Prince of Peace comes on the scene, and everyone said, Peace be unto you. And verse 20, And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 21, Then said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Now, verse 22, and when he had said this, he breathed on them <laughs> and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And then he said, Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them, and whoever sins you retain, they are retained. So, what happened in this glorious day was the the, the disciples. Ended their fear, they had no more fear of the Jews, no more fear of their future. They could now face their future fearlessly because He is alive, and once they receive the Holy Ghost, He lives in them. And you also, and I also, can face our future by having faith in His resurrection power, He, in fact, sustains. He, in fact, quickens. He, in fact, will help us. We need to get some air in this room, by the way, guys. We need uh, to understand that faith in his resurrection power will see you through. Every head bowed every eye closed. Amen. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my friends. I pray for those that are here on this Resurrection Sunday. Lord, I've done my best to preach your word to these wonderful people. And now I just leave the confirmation of your word and the results completely and entirely up to you. Perhaps there was something said that will just stick to the people this week and that will help them on their journey in life. I pray right now for people that are going through the valley of the shadow of death. We ask you, sir, for your resurrection power to take hold of their lives and to help them get through what you want them to get to.